0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Episode 7. This is the NBA podcast that has yet to be named. We are Recon Sports. My name is Mike Klein. I am your host alongside Jake Worm. Jake, what's happening today? How we doing, man? We've reached can't-miss basketball.
1: We only get one game a night moving forward. Um, seems like every game, every quarter, and it seems like every possession now matters. Uh, we ended last round... Couple game sevens, uh, they resulted in two finals favorites being booted from the playoffs, which was awesome. That was a great night for basketball. Um, but we're left with the we're we're left with the final four now. Um, we're gonna have a new champion, isn't that isn't that sick?
0: It is what I feel like fans ask for every year, and this year we we get a completely fresh finals. I almost use fresh lightly because of one of these teams, but we'll get into that.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. It seems like um, this championship will be one of the more valuable ones, you know? Because when you see teams consistently going back to the finals, you know, that four-year span of uh, Warriors-Cavs, it was like, all right, this isn't very fresh. Mm -hmm. Like, each one is like, okay, it's going to be the same team, but now it's like these new guys along with an old team. um, It seems like... Each team had to go through their own struggles to get here. I feel like this championship is just going to be one of the more valuable ones, um, and there's there is a lot at stake for each team. There's uh, a lot of gain, a lot a lot to gain, a lot to lose for each team and, and individual players on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's take a look at each of the four teams left and see what's at stake for them. Yeah. Um, looking at out of East, um, let's take a look at the Heat, number one seed. They have so much to gain, especially for me, Jimmy Butler. Um, I think if he goes on uh, to win the Eastern Conference Finals, take him to to the finals, and, and ultimately win a ring, um, I think he's proving himself as a Hall of Famer. I think that locks in Jimmy Butler as a Hall of Famer. Maybe not first ballot, but he's making the Hall of Fame if he can if he can win this ring. I mean, they've the Heat have had success for the last decade, but they haven't been able to win a ring. With,
0: since LeBron's departure, so right. I think this proves Jimmy Butler as a Hall of Famer. Uh, it's it's an important series for the Heat, even just as a total, you know, when you think back to the 2020 season. They made the finals, they played the Lakers, ended up losing in six, and then the next year they get bounced by Milwaukee. And so this is, in a way, almost revenge, but, you know, they, they get that... They get that shot. They get another chance at the gold. And for Jimmy, this is your chance to get that first coveted title as the guy. It's you, Bam, Tyler Hero, doing everything you can do to beat, you know, you may say the the best or the second best defense in basketball right now. Yeah,
1: I think it also just proves everything we love about Heat culture. That grittiness, that hardworking, uh, you know, we're going to – we're just gonna work every single second of every work day. It proves everything they can do, um, and just and Spo man. Another thing is just Coach Spo. I think just he's consistently been a great coach. Getting him to the one seed, I think this might be the most slept-on one seed in in basketball playoff
0: history. So, well, even just looking at the Eastern Conference this year, you know, for years and years. As long as, as long as I had been a fan, the East was considered a joke. Yeah. And you take a look at the East this year, and there's an argument to be made that this is the most competitive the Eastern Conference has been in a very long time.
1: Yeah, the East is, for the first time in a while, better than the West. And we talked about it all throughout these our playoff podcast. This has been a grindhouse. I mean, look at yeah. what the Celtics have done to get here. Um, the Heat had to go through a James Harden and Joel Embiid team. Uh, the Heat, uh, I mean, through all this, the most competitive East we've seen, they're the one seed, and they're getting it done. They, they took the first game in the Eastern Conference Finals. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they have so much to prove, and they have so much to gain from, from being successful this year.
0: Yeah, and le- like you just mentioned, we are recording this Wednesday, May 18th. So game one of... The Heat Celtics happened yesterday, and so we have the results of that as tonight of recording. Warriors Mavs play game one at the time of release. That game will have been completed since it will be releasing tomorrow morning or afternoon sometime, and so you know we get to talk about game one a little bit, and we'll get to that.
1: Yeah, looking, let's staying on the the side of you know what's at stake for each team. Let's look at the their competition now. The Celtics. Um, I mean, first thing off the top is Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. They go on to win a ring this year. That just proves themselves as a duo. Tatum ring at 24 would just skyrocket his his career. Um, at such an early stage, he's already been to a handful. What seems like a handful of Eastern Conference Finals. I um, mean, winning a ring to bring Boston back to the promised land, a storied franchise, one of the greatest franchises next to the Lakers. Um it brings them back to the promised land. They've they've been decent. They've had good teams, but they haven't necessarily had uh, championship success since, you know, Kevin De- or Kevin Garnett and that Rayon, in that 2008 year. Right, with Doc Rivers. Um so just bringing the Celtics back to the promised land would be huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it, it really would, and you know, that that organization has been through its ups and downs, but They've had this core together for a few years now and we're truly seeing them blossom as leaders of an elite team and not just an elite team but a you know an elite defense and an elite playoff team now you know there are two playoff performers who Jason Tatum that <laughs> those that's last a, two games that's
1: a bad man
0: that game 7 some of those shots Tatum was hitting it was just it was it was a kind of moment where you you, you know it's that that saying that you always hear you tip your cap to them, but you it, it was. that's what it was. It was you know, just like fallaways, fadeaways, long twos, you know just pull up threes and he's just he's smacking every single one of them.
1: Yeah, they were getting a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals from the bubble season in 2020. Right. And it's not just his haircut that's different, but Jason Tatum is a much <laughs> different player. He's a much different player now. Um, it's cool to see that we're getting a Jimmy Tatum matchup again. Um, but another thing, Al Horford. I think this is a big year for Al Horford because uh, he was on the the, the Celtics teams uh, of late. We you know with Isaiah Thomas, and and then they they ditched him. They, he he went mm-hmm. to a few other teams, uh, found his way back home. And I think this will be a big. This will be huge for the the Celtics organization to win one with him as their center as well.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting when we you saw the move that they went to go get Al, and. I think everyone knew the purpose of it, you know, just outside of the the locker room aspect, the experience, just him as a player, you know, he, he you know, was in daycare for a year over in Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> okay, come and on, so, man.
0: <laughs> and, but no, I mean, and now we're seeing, you know, he did miss game one, truly unfortunate, so did Marcus Smart, but... He's really getting another chance to just show you why he is such a productive player. He's such a good defender. The amount of times he forced Giannis to just go not around him, but actually go. You, if you want to score, you got to go through me. Yeah. And there were times where you would see like he got a Giannis got a delay a game because on one of his post ups, he probably used about you know eight thousand horsepower just to get through Al Horford's chest. And he was so dog-tired after he made the shot that he grabs the rebound after it comes out and just holds onto the ball, takes a few steps, heads down, shoulders down, breathing heavy, and they call a delay a game on him. And, you know, he's acting confused, but he knew what he was doing. He was yeah. trying to buy himself a few seconds. But it kind of go to show just, like, the physicality Boston made them play with, and they're, they, you know... You needed a body like that outside of Robert Williams, Yeah, and we saw how valuable that truly was. It is.
1: And then to wrap up the Celtics, I think their first-year head coach winning a ring would be... that's That doesn't happen very often, so that would be awesome. Brad Stevens going up to the president of basketball operations, finding his guy to coach, that would just be like a story beginning. It's like... All right, we found out what we, what this franchise really needed. Mm-hmm. We have our team, and now as an as organization, we found what we need to, for, to succeed moving forward. That would be awesome yeah. to see, too.
0: Well, what's actually, you know, while that's right that this is not like a, a a normal thing that happens in the league, it's been somewhat of a trend the past few years... Um, you saw Steve Kerr, I believe, in his first season. Mm-hmm. Okay. You saw, you saw, well, you've never seen Ima now. We saw Monty Williams in his second season do really well. You no, saw no. Nick Nurse win a championship his first year. I
1: mean, LeBron also shuffling his, whatever coach he wanted back in the day. Right.
0: When well, then even Vogel, you know, it wasn't his first season as a head you know, coach, but it was his first season with the Lakers. They won a championship. Yeah. It's been just like something, you know, we'll keep an eye on. I, as for future trends of for the next year, the year after, but that is something to you know that I find interesting that these newer coaches are having so much postseason success.
1: Yeah, moving on to a team with a new coach, the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd right. finding success in his first year coaching Luka and the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, he was he was with Brooklyn, he did okay. I don't know. I think he got a lot of slander for for what he did in in, in Brooklyn, but. I mean, this is Jason Kidd, one of the smartest minds in basketball history. Mm-hmm. Um, I think putting him alongside Luca, uh, giving him the reins with the ball. I mean, this it seems like a match made in heaven. But yeah, if he w- goes on to win the ring, I mean that that's just, that's another first year coach.
0: It'd be huge, and for a lot of reasons. But for one of them, I would say is just like the discourse around the Jason Kidd hire at the beginning of the season was. You know, it was pretty bad. It was not a lot of people were pretty high on that hire. And, you know, they were just talking about his previous stints, you know, the one with the Bucks, yeah. and then when he was on the Lakers coaching staff, but they you know, he was there the the year the Lakers won and when they had a really good defense and so You know, it always seemed that when he got here, it's like, okay, he's learned from his mistakes. If you haven't heard about some of the horror stories of him in Milwaukee, you know, go through that rabbit hole in your own time sometime. There's some pretty, pretty crazy stuff that you can learn about. But, uh, you know, he's learned from those experiences. He's been around high-level players. He was around a young Giannis. He's been around AD, LeBron, and now he has Luka. And you know, not to mention the career he had. So it just seemed, you know, a point guard with one of the best, maybe the best point guard in the league now. Yeah, you know, maybe you know, him tapping into him. Maybe it isn't, shouldn't be so much of a surprise. But you know, it is, and especially getting past that last round.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get into that last round, but to keep it short, kid out coached the coach of the year. So. We'll definitely get into that. Looking more at the Mavs as a team, I mean, if they if if they go on to win a ring, Luca gets his first ring at age twenty three.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't say what would happen, but let's just say the NBA audience as a majority. We'll probably rejo- throw a huge party and everybody's invited. The whole league's invited.
1: Yeah, we because... all we all love we all love Luca. That Dallas. How do you not? That 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 championship parade would be uh, more than just Dallas uh, residents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might fly in, shoot. <laughs> but, you know.
0: dude,
1: also I, it's it's it was never expected for them to win this ring too. So that's a, that's another no. thing. They have so much to gain. They're playing with house money. They're, the right. expectations were maybe to get to this point. Like they really wanted to get here. But to win a ring this early, I mean, no one's truly, truly expecting that. So they're, no. so they're just playing. Uh, they don't have much to lose.
0: No, no. I, I honestly don't believe the Mavericks have anything to lose here. It's, you, you've already overachieved, you know. They got the first-round matchup versus the Jazz. And it's like, okay, oh, now Luca's out three games. Maybe Luca's not getting his first, you know, series win. And then they win two without him. And so, Luca gets past the first round. It's like, all right, this is more success than they've already had in the Luca era. That should be considered a success. Yeah. No matter who you're going against and what was going on with that Jazz team, it doesn't matter. They got it done. They got the four games. Then they got past the best regular season team this year, at least in my opinion, and and record-wise too. But, like. That's, that's no small feat to beat that team. No, no. You beat the Phoenix Suns led by
1: Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That I mean, and the blowout in Game 7. That, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that when we get into the, the coverage of last round. Okay. Um, but, yeah, man, that they're already playing with house money, dude. Mm-hmm. They're, they're happy to be here, but they still feel like they can go ahead and win it all.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think, you know, at this point, any of the four teams can win. And a team like the Mavericks, a team like the Celtics, to me there's for the Mavericks it's nothing to lose. For the Celtics, it's not much to lose, you know. You're still a young team. Yeah, you've been to the East, Eastern Conference a couple times now with this core, but you're you know, you're going against an experienced veteran team. You're going against a veteran coach and they you know, they have the home court advantage, so they have the advantage in this series. And so you're not expected to win, but I can tell you right now, they're not going to back down. Even though we saw game one, it, was st- it still was a close game. They're without Al Horford. They're without Marcus Smart. And even if you just add one of them, that game's going to be even closer. And it may have come down to a single possession if you have one of them. But you got to play to your circumstances. And so game two is coming up. We'll see what happens there. What about the Warriors? Do you think, you know, they're an aging core. They've been there plenty of times now. Yep. Now it's like, well, we have a chance to extend this quote-unquote dynasty. Yeah. Whether you think this iteration of the team is or is not, you know, the Warriors are trying to make another run, but how much do they have to lose versus how much do they have to gain for you?
1: For me, I'm glad you you specifically pointed out the Warriors. I think after everything we've said so far, I think they have the most to gain. And why is that? Because when you look at, um, obviously, this has been, we're pushing a half decade, nearly a decade, what is it, seven years of, of so much success, mm-hmm. you could call, they're already a dynasty, um, but they but this is probably the most shit on dynasty I've seen, because, <laughs> because you bring in a Kevin Durant for three years, you win two rings with him, it's like, okay, St- P- Steph Curry continues to get playoff slander, because maybe he hasn't had the best, you know, s- finals... Uh, conference finals performances, but now they're here mm-hmm. as an older group with Clay being injured for over two years. It seems like mm-hmm. um they've they've reached the conference finals again, and without the doubt, all the doubt with 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 KD, um, they're gonna they can remind everyone what kind of dynasty they have, and, and if you go ahead and win a ring right now after winning their first ring in 2015. I think uh, you you, go, you skyrocket into the likes of the, the super dynasties, like the San Antonio Spurs of the 2000s, the Bulls of the 90s. De- you know, we're talking decade long dynasties that were just always competing and, and winning rings.
0: So while we're making this point and referring back to the old Warriors teams and other dynasties, I do want to point out this version of the Warriors. However you want to name them, but this is not the same team as those previous years. Let's keep that in mind. Yes, they have the majority of their core. You have, you have your Steph Curry. You have your Klay Thompson. You have Draymond. You have Kevon Looney. Yes, I snuck him in there. Um, but now you have Jordan Poole, and that's a type of talent they didn't necessarily have before because you have Andrew Wiggins in that Harrison Barnes role yeah and you had well you, you had Gp2 in that Iggy role who I believe is actually going to be out for at least another three four days I know a couple days ago he said they're they're going to reevaluate in a week um, Gary Payton has said that he is unlikely for the rest of the playoffs but you know it's still a similar team to those years but Let's keep in mind, the core is that much older. They've all taken slight step backs. Yeah. And so they're not quite at the level that they were playing at before. But because they were so great at that time, they're able to take step backs, add a little bit more talent around the edges, and still be an elite team. And honestly, they should be... applauded for that because that's no easy feat yeah i mean
1: like i said very few dynasties can continue winning Mm -hmm. into the latter latter part of their their you know time as a group right so winning this just proves that they aren't a short stint short stint dynasty you know this isn't a a four year miami heat dynasty this is a this is one of those long term steve kerr is going to go down as one of the better coaches yeah you know uh, long-term dynasties that we that we talk about for the rest of history. Mm-hmm. So I think they have that that to gain, and that's why I think they have the most to gain out of all these four teams. Okay, okay. But but look, let's let's take a step back now. Let's start looking at you know how 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 these four teams got there. How did we get here? So I mean, let's go into uh, let's go into the round two recap here. The Celtics were able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in Game Seven. Mm-hmm. Um. I personally had Bucks in seven, so I was wrong. Uh, but it was an absolute joy as a basketball fan to watch a game seven.
0: Um, yeah, my prediction was slightly more off. Slightly. Um, only a matter of three games. <laughs> no, I, I had I had Bucks in five, and I was hilariously proven wrong. But. I think, like, what's to note for that series um, in total was, one, Boston was getting those threes up. And that was always going to be the recipe to beat the Bucks. is they give up that corner three because they want their weak side shot blocker to be helping. And, and plus, just with the talent that they have on the back line, if you're able to get Giannis up... And then you have a Brooke Lopez or a Bobby Portis down low. They're going to be slower to get to the corner. And you saw Grant Williams get 18 threes up in that game seven.
1: That's crazy to me. I mean, this is still a 40% three-point shooter.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that stat because that was what was kind of baffling to me was is like, all right. We're going to go out to try to stop everybody else from getting to the paint, you know. We're not going to try to give anybody any shots, besides Williams almost. And betting on a 40% shooter to miss that many shots doesn't seem like a great idea to me.
1: No, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of sticking to a defensive game plan that's got you to this point and has gotten you a ring last year and the bucks crowding that paint making it difficult to, to score inside. But I mean this is a <laughs> this is a Boston Celtics team which prides themselves on hitting shots. They're a shot-making team and Grant Williams is a is a, another reason they they do that. And he's a 40 I know he's not the most consistent, maybe not. He definitely can't pull up by himself. Right. But a catch and shoot corner three open like that, I mean, as an NBA player,
0: who plays on the wing, you got to hit that. You're expected to hit that. You know they, they put you there for a reason. You're in this moment for a reason. And, you know, he, he's seen a lot of growth, especially over the last few years. And so to have this moment for him is huge. And for them, they need it. And especially if Al Horford's going to miss any more time, he's going to have to kind of step into that Al role do a little bit of playmaking in, you know, we saw in game one, he wasn't hitting those shots or even getting as many as he did in game seven. So they need to find ways to break him free. But uh, to stick back to the series, um, Giannis is amazing. I just want to get that out there again, that he is incredible. And the Celtics threw everything and the kitchen sink at him. And he's still just put up some pretty insane numbers, but couldn't quite get the job done.
1: Absolutely unstoppable. Uh, still gonna get his. Still only able to contain him, maybe. Uh, but I think the the loss of Chris Middleton. Um, that's what it was, truly, because you know what Giannis brings—that interior scoring, playmaking, physicality. Drew Holiday can—he's definitely a, a shooter. Uh, but he's also a driver, but he can't – he he doesn't have that mid-range game. Um, so they didn't really have that interior mid, mid, mid-range mid game that they usually would get from Chris Middleton and ultimately came back to, to bite them in the ass.
0: Yeah, Middleton opens up so much for them offensively and defensively. Defensively, he's a part of the reason they could be so versatile. He's got the size and the athleticism. And offensively, he makes shots. He can create for himself. And it's just, it, it allows Drew to be in the perfect offensive role for him in that third option playing off of these two. Whereas Drew was thrust into this. There was a game where he put up 30 shots That's, with yeah, Giannis. He, he's That's n- insane. He can't be the second option.
1: Like, Drew is known Not for every his, game. his Not defense for and, and his leadership um, and being able to carry the ball and facilitate for a team but for a whole series against the boston celtics you can't rely on him to necessarily be your second option when your first option isn't even a shooter mm-hmm. um yeah they they missed middleton bad in this i'm surprised you, you you picked them in five for that reason
0: but um well see if we recorded the ga- the first we recorded the podcast after the first game And so the first game, you know, I shouldn't have let it influence me so much because in the NBA, in a playoff series, game to game, you can get two completely different teams. We saw that across the board. We saw it in Warriors Memphis. We saw it in this one. We've seen it in in Philly, Miami. It's almost every series you see it.
1: Yeah, I might be a victim of of our next predictions with the Celtics (laughs) Heat series after seeing game one, Uh, but we'll talk about that later.
0: Okay, I got a quick... Kind of trivia doozy for you here. Who was the third leading scorer for the Bucks in this last series? <laughs> That's
1: a great question. Um, I want to say it's Bobby Portis, but it seems like he fell off sometimes. Um, so, you know what, with that, because you're
0: asking me, I'm going to guess Brooke Lopez. That actually brings me to a point before I give you an answer here. How come he wasn't more involved
1: in offense? I don't know, man. It's was he on your fantasy team,
0: uh, Bobby Portis? He was on my injury report for sixteen weeks, okay. and then I dropped him because our fantasy playoffs happened before oh, okay. the NBA, so I actually didn't get to use him this year. Yeah,
1: no, it's weird. It's weird. He's he was a huge part of their team last year, so it's yeah. I don't know.
0: It was it was weird to me because I felt like. There were a lot of chances to where you could get someone on him where there's, that's a positive matchup for Brooke. He's always got that hook shot. And like it's like, do we want to minimalize him to corner shooting and just offensive rebounding and screen setting? I feel like there was more on the table, but maybe that's not how Bud felt about it. But so Pat Connington... At 10.3 points per game was the third leading score. <laughs> Bobby Portis at 9.9. And finally, Brooke Lopez at 8.7.
1: So, Pat Connaughton has a third leading score on your team. No Help no. help the Bucks get to a Game 7 against this incredible Boston Celtics team. That just proves Giannis, man. Right.
0: And, you know, for what it's worth, shout out Pat. Didn't miss a free throw. 42 from 3 was the best shooter for the Bucks, for a team that did not shoot well in the playoff, or sorry, in that series at all. Drew Holiday did not shoot well from three. Giannis didn't shoot well from three. Wesley Matthews didn't get a whole lot of shots. Played a lot of good defense, but um, yeah. yeah.
1: It seems like shots didn't come easy unless it was in Giannis's hands, so. Right. And, and, so. That, and, and then down the stretch, when you need Middleton to step up and create for himself, uh, it wasn't there. So mm-hmm. it looks like, especially especially at the end of games, they didn't
0: necessarily know what they were doing in half-court sets. Yeah, there were a lot of moments, and this this might be my final point here on them, but there were a lot of moments in the series where I felt like the Bucks' offense was not purposeful enough. And I guess what I mean by that is uh, when you're out there, especially in the playoffs, a lot of playoff games become this game of Mismatches, And when you have the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate mismatch Hunter and Giannis, and I don't mean Hunter as in he's strictly looking for that. I mean it as, you know, 92% of the league is a mismatch when they're on him. <laughs> yeah. And so there were moments where you actually saw Marcus Smart get switched onto him. And then Giannis calls for a screen. They switch Al Horford onto him. And then Giannis is like, yeah, this is the one. And then ISO is against them. And, I, that, that's, you know, it confused me how many times that was happening. And the amount of times you saw a smaller player on Brooke or on Giannis, and they just didn't quite take advantage, or they'd swing it to the other side. And it's like, okay. And then there were moments where I felt like they could have attacked, you know, one of the lesser defensive players on the team, but they were so focused or maybe they were so in the zone that they kept going at Marcus Smart and keeping him in the pick and rolls right. and keeping him on the ball and so I just felt like there was there was a lot left on the table for uh yeah, Milwaukee there.
1: They did leave a lot out on the table, but that being said, uh they'll go into the, to next year with the same core. Yep, yep. Middleton yep. Yep. get healthy. Yep. Um Definitely a little disappointed this year for sure, uh, but you pulled the Celtics in round two, so um, and this is an emerging Celtics team yeah you can't be too disappointed after winning a ring last year uh, they'll they'll be in, right. they'll, they'll be Especially in the conversation the way it did happen yeah they, they'll be they'll be in the conversation
0: next year and following years as well and the way the, what I mean by that is and this this is actually going to be my last point on them is they went through teams that had injuries. This year, it was on the other end. And yeah. And that's what happens in the playoffs. And you got to play to your circumstances. And they did. They took him to seven, couldn't quite get it done. So, uh, what's we... our next one?
1: Let's just stay in the East here. The last okay. game in the East Ugh, Heat, Heat versus Sixers. All right. Honestly, I don't have too much to say, man, because we've, t- <sighs> we've talked about the disappointments out of James Harden. They, <sighs> they, they had him beat out for a few games. And then he came back masked, which clearly affected him.
0: Yes, it did. That that was part of an issue for him. And
1: for me, it seemed like the Heat stayed on course, played their game just like they did round one, um, and they got through him in six. I predicted Miami to win in six. That was my that was my only exact game predicted, exact series uh, predicted last nice. round. So, nice. um, confident in that. Uh, and they, they just, the Heat stayed the course, I think. Uh, James Harden can't get around guys now. Refused to take shots.
0: Yeah, that was the most, like, deafening part of this series was Harden was 4 of 9 in 43 minutes. 11 points. Sure, he had 9 assists. He took seven threes. Only 2 shots weren't threes.
1: I'm sorry, if you're James Harden and you're not shooting, I think 9 assists is low with 43 minutes. Like,
0: I'm just, you know, without going too far into the box score, just looking at it, Maxi 22 shots. Embiid, 24, expected there. Harris, 13, not that many. Good percentage. But why is everybody getting so many more shots than Harden?
1: He's a different player. I mean, even, even the coach and organization are saying it now. James Harden they're not expecting a uh, Houston James Harden like like I think everyone else is including myself before this series oh, I be, be,
0: I I was dead wrong I was expecting if you remember the last pot I was you know I was a bit on his side you know thinking we're going to see classic Harden I was talking about 20 shot attempts you know like what 12 to 15 assists hey
1: my bad I do I almost demanded it out of him bro I mean with with him beat out those Clearly first two adopted. games I'm like, come on, oh, bro, Doc. He doesn't demand shit, man. He's not cooking oh, up anything oh, in that huddle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> man, Can't I don't know. <laughs> he's not cooking up a damn thing in that huddle. Um, but man, I just expect so much out of Harden, and he just seems—I don't know. Maybe he's too, where he's more worried about the chicken wings and the strip club with Lil Baby. But
0: Oof. okay, uh, um. he'll
1: be able to do a lot of that now.
0: Yeah, and you wonder, you know, you keep hearing about this, and I'm only giving him one more offseason to hear about this, but he's getting that full offseason to heal. I, next year, it's, it's going to be a proof year because he has a player option for next year for about, what, 44 $45 million, $46 million. Yeah. He's going to opt in. You know, who wouldn't? Unless they offer him the max. An extension, yeah. If they offer him the full max, then, yeah, maybe he opts out and resigns. Um, Based on this year's performance Are you giving Harden that contract?
1: That's a tough call Because you can't afford to lose him That's the thing I don't want to lose him for nothing I, I don't extend him I can't Because we still have him for one more year I think maybe mm-hmm. you send it And you try to build Around the two again but Rip- Let's
0: also consider Danny Green uh, Tore his ACL and LCL, he will be out until mid-March of next year. That's tough news. That's,
1: that's a majority of the season. Mm-hmm. That is so tough. I think Tobias Harris is still on his max
0: contract. Keep in mind, Danny Green is going to be, I believe, 35 years old. And so that will also play a role in his recovery. And yeah, the Sixers are going to be in a tough place.
1: Are they going to have to rely on Tyrese Maxey to do everything again? Because that just can't
0: happen. And I'm proud of Maxey. You know? He no, stepped I, up yeah, to he, the plate. Hey, had a great season, yeah, that's he did. for sure. Um, playing off of Embiid, playing off of Harden, Maxey played really well. And I think he's going to be the key to pushing the pace and to be keeping that tempo up when Embiid and Harden tend to slow it down. And so... Maybe they find some sort of balance there, yeah. and next year that's what they can roll with. But that's going to remain to be seen. And also, what version of Harden are we going to get all next season? That's going to be a storyline all season long.
1: Exactly. I think for the Sixers, more questions than answers this off season. Yeah. Um, but it was good for me, as a Heat fan, to to see Jimmy go through Philly easily. I'd say. I mean, they won it in six. That had six. To feel good. That oh had to feel yeah. Good for him. And it was cool to see Embiid just show respect and, and and Jimmy just call out the organization. He said, what did he say? Tobias Harris over me? That's a tough look. That's a tough look, Philly.
0: Tobias, Al Horford. Oh, man.
1: It's a tough look, but I was happy to see it. Um, Heat move on. Yep. Just playing their game, man. Guys hitting yep. shots, working working their way in to get shots out. It was, it was just a solid series again. Yet again for
0: Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... The Heat defense proves itself yet again, as if we ever doubted them. But, you know, with the personnel that they have and, you know, super unfortunate about the Kyle Lowry news, he missed game one of this Celtics game. Luckily, Vincent was there to do his best Kyle Lowry impression and was able to give them enough on offense and defense for them to push past. He's going to be huge for them if Cal Lowry's going to be this hindered from this hamstring injury.
1: I love me some Gabe Vincent, man. He's stepping up to the plate. Um, Lowry, as good as he is and as, as great of a legacy he has um, with Toronto, he hasn't necessarily been himself, especially since he's gotten this injury. Mm-hmm. So with the emergence of, of, of guys like Gabe Vincent, st- uh, Oladipo stepping up to the plate... Um, I don't think you're necessarily too worried about Lowry as much as you would like to have him and give him, you know, 20 to 25 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. Um, He hasn't necessarily been the Lowry that we've always been used to, so um, that'll be something to look look forward to Mm -hmm.
0: moving forward. And also, when he does come back, is he on some sort of restriction? Does he just get his starting spot back? If Vincent continues to play well in Game 2, do you risk taking him out and affecting the flow of the offense and defense like that, that'll be something fun to keep track of. Um, I don't know. I, okay, actually, one one thing for me here is uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, you know, not having the playoff run that he maybe expected, but uh, he's a young player who is almost operating as a primary option. And that's hard for a young player, you know. You come out blazing that other year in the playoffs, and now everybody's attention is focused on you and Jimmy. Yeah. And so it's going to be tough for him, but he is going to be absolutely huge in terms of shot making and just beating this Celtics defense in the next round.
1: Yeah, I think Tyler's chilling right now, man. Uh, just he's still putting up a decent scoring average, but we haven't necessarily seen those breakout games yet. Like we did in the 2020 playoff series uh, in the finals, but he's 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 still playing his game. You know, he's strong with the ball, still putting up 16 to 18, maybe 20. Um, I'm not too worried about him. He He's going to get hunted down a little bit defensively. Uh, but Tyler Hero is going to do his thing and play his part, make shots. I'm not too worried.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he He's going to be an important part of this series offensively. And defensively, they're going to need to find ways to either hide him, keep him out of action, or maybe you, know, you continually use him as a trapper. I don't know, but that's going to be kind of fun to keep track of. Let's move out west now. Yeah. Uh, which one do you want to start
1: with? Let's go Warriors Grizzlies. Okay. Um, Grizzlies were a Ja Morantless Grizzlies for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially towards the end of the series. Um, War- <laughs> they got a 39 point win without them in game five, but they well went enough. on they went on to lose to the Warriors in six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Ja is still incredible. still incredible series. <laughs> uh, we did get to see what what people have been talked about talking about all season, you know or, is Ja. Are the Memphis Grizzlies better without John Morant? Yeah, they they can win games. They're blessed with young, youthful depth. Um, But let's be real. In order to get to the promised land in basketball, you need your superstars, and it showed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I actually didn't even realize this, but looking at the Grizzlies stats here, John Morant averaged 38 in that series. (laughs) (laughs) That is absurd. Now, 3 game, 3 game sample size, but even that's still pretty insane. Running up a silly check. I mean, Jeez. with the amount of drives that he has and his ability to get a foot in the paint on every single drive is almost unmatched. Like it's it's the likes of LeBron. It's the likes of Giannis. Like it's it's stuff that not everybody can do and it is extremely beneficial for your team. And to go on to the John Morant list Grizzlies, listen, like you like you hinted on, they have the youth, they have the depth, they have the young, hungry coach. But without John Morant, yes, they did win. They had a higher winning percentage without him. But you could play a different style when you have. When you don't have your star. And yeah. That's what they did. And it was a different brand of basketball. And you could say it was better because you're moving the ball around. You don't have that guy that can just ISO.
1: Yeah. And I, I do like seeing those games without a job because those guys are good. We yeah. talked about it. Oh, yeah. that, that depth is deep. Everybody knows they're a good player. You know, they're these role players have huge, huge impacts on this basketball team. And it's just like okay, Jaws out. That just gives me more of an excuse to ball out, mm-hmm. and 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 maybe pass more, maybe not be a catch and shoot guy and what and watcher of the of the game. Yeah. Maybe I get the ball and I'm taking two to three more shots myself. Maybe I'm able to drive it in, kick it out for an assist. So uh, it's like yeah, Jaws out. We definitely need him to to really be successful and go where we want to go ultimately. But I'm damn, I'm good. I can hoop too. You know, I'm thinking about guys mm-hmm. like Bane. Kyle Anderson uh, couldn't make a free throw, but uh, he's like, "Damn, I can hoop too! Like, let me work." Jaron Jackson, of course, as their secondary guy, he's like, "I can step up. Why not?" Um, but ultimately, you're gonna need you're gonna need John Morant, your superstar. Yeah. We're, we're talking probably top ten, top seven, maybe player in the NBA. That's for another day, as a discussion for another time, maybe the off season. Um, but you're gonna need a guy like him to. to Beat the
0: Warriors. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, but yeah, uh, John Morant is incredible, and you ch- you saw that it wasn't a fluky regular season. Like, if you take a look across the series, Game One, they lose on the the last shot. John Morant misses the layup to go ahead, lose by one. Okay. Game two, Grizzlies win by five. John Morant has 47. Game three, that's the game where the Warriors wiped the floor with the Grizzlies. John Morant has 34, but Warriors show in Oracle, they still got it. Game four, another very close game. Memphis was up this entire game. Up until the last minute of the fourth quarter, Warriors end up winning by three. Game five, no John Morant. Grizzlies smack them. They go back to the Oracle, and the Warriors end up pulling away. Klay Thompson has the great game he did. Andrew Wiggins, I believe, had a 10-point fourth quarter, and the Warriors pull away. And it was in that game where you saw, okay, the brand that the Grizzlies play without Ja is, is good. It's going to get you through the game. It's going to get you to a point where it's, okay, we held serve, and now it's time for you to go win it. They didn't have the guy to quite do that. Couldn't get it done. The Warriors did.
1: It's just like it's just like most good, young's team, good young teams, mm-hmm. you know? You got a group of good young players. Guess what? And a good game, game plan with the coach. You're going to win games. Yeah. You're going to win games. And they won games. Uh, there's a few teams, you know, the Charlotte Hornets. Good young team. Good players. Made the play in. Uh, but... You know, you need that. You need that step up to become elite. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the Grizzlies had the second best record on the season. They definitely overachieved. They they won a series, so that's something to definitely be proud of. And you use that to build upon to next season. They have. Pretty much, if not all of their core coming back for next year, so they have that to look forward to. Yeah, I a Lot to be excited about. I
1: love what Dylan Brooks said after the series. He's like, "These guys are getting old. We're young. They know we're gonna be coming here every single year. So look out for us."
0: But will Dylan Brooks?
1: That's a good question. I'm not. Listen, I personally am not a big Dylan Brooks guy. Guy is not the most skilled hooper. I bet he's gonna make a name for himself being just an intensity guy, athleticism guy, defensive guy, which is cool. Everyone, you know, everyone has their own way to to stay in the league. <laughs> I also don't like the f- the f- stupid fouls that he draws. I think he led the league in fouls this year, but that's that's whatever. I I mean, you need an outspoken leader, especially after you lose a playoff series, to come out and say s- shit like that. So, good for him.
0: Yeah, and uh, for the Warriors, ah. Uh, I'm not going to say you're going into the next round with the utmost confidence based on that last series, but uh, according to Draymond, they are, and so it's going to be super fun to watch what happens there. I don't think I have anything else to say about this series. Do you?
1: Nope. They, uh, you know, stayed the course. Um, they know what they're doing. You got a, you got Game 6 Clay again, which was awesome. Huge. Uh, one of the best versions of players ever you know what i mean it is kind of cool
0: that he has this like persona and he buys into it too you know throwing up the six with his hands every time he's in a game six and goes off it's it's fun
1: yeah i think i experienced the worst of it as an okc fan um when he when they came back from the 3-1 deficit in the western conference finals before kd joined them clay just absolutely went off just i i know what game six clay looks like and it is a
0: demon demon of a player PTSD is a bitch. (laughs) Now, let's get into the shocker of the playoffs. The Luka Doncic playoff run that I don't know who saw coming. But uh, we're here.
1: We're experiencing it. Hey, it's not that we didn't see it coming. We definitely saw the possibility. It was just like, is it going to happen? And we are here.
0: It's... It's insane that it's happening this quickly. Like, Luca's on his rookie deal. There's no one on this roster that's on a max contract. Mm-hmm. And I think that alone is super interesting when you just, like, from a team makeup standpoint. And, like, just the way the team's built, and then the move that they made season was, like... Almost a head scratcher, but then I guess looking at it now and even then you could have guessed, but you weren't entirely sure, but that was like a a, uh, a like a, a vibes thing, like a good vibes kind of deal sure, where it's yeah. like Well I guess Luca and Brazingis aren't getting along. You saw on the court that there was a little bit of a a riff between like philosophies and Well, they got rid of him and they got Spencer Dinwiddie. And talk about a surprise. His Game 7, some of those shots, some of those threes, the step back on Aiton, the pull-ups, he was huge. And I'll just say now, if Dinwiddie can play like this, the next round becomes extremely interesting. But Game 7, there's a lot to talk about there. And I know the series in general, there's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's focus in on the Game 7 because that was, you know... Slate is slate is wiped clean, you got one game to win it.
0: Yeah, I mean, just like thinking about this. Luca rolled off. He he woke up, slept in, got a Wendy's four for four, had a shot of Grey Goose, and walks up and puts 27 and a half while the Suns are putting up 27 and a half. <laughs> there there's I mean, Monty said it in the post-game interview. He said this is the worst game we probably played all year, and this is the worst time for it. And while that's true, and he did accept a lot of ownership saying he didn't have them prepared, it's it's his fault, it's his fault, my questions kind of start with, do you need to get up for a Game 7 in the second round of the playoffs when your core hasn't won a title? Yeah, I... You shouldn't
1: have to get up for that. I mean, it should be in your blood. Your blood should be boiling. You should be more intense than any game all season. And you put out a performance like that, it feels like a cherry on top for this series for me, for the for the Phoenix Suns. I've been disappointed with them and the way that they played all throughout the series. Obviously, Luka is going to get Luka numbers, mm-hmm. great mismatches. But just the attitude that the Suns had really pissed me off. Devin Booker flopping every time he gets even brushed while driving. Chris Paul But it's the
0: Lucas special. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Wants to call out other players for flopping when it's insane to me. Um Aiden having subpar performances at times, getting in foul trouble. Chris Paul, I mean, I'm not gonna say too much about Chris Paul. That's what everyone's talking about. Um still a legend. But still, when it when when crunch time came, he just wasn't himself either. Just just disappointed in 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 the Suns after having such a good good year. They just had no answer for Luca. You put Mike Hal on him. Um, Ayton got a post bucket score on him by Luca. Cam Johnson in Game Seven ended up on the floor um, for oh, a highlight. That, that play. move
0: was nasty.
1: Just it seemed like a cherry on top for just a subpar just annoying series for me watching the suns yeah and
0: like watching it it was a beat down from the beginning you know as we said 27 from luca in the first half 27 from the sun's first half they didn't get up for this game and i don't i can't quite speak to the why but there's something wrong there when you play this bad like I don't think I can recall a collapse this like (laughs) this significant I'm almost at a loss for words I don't know how to describe this because I don't think I've seen anything like this before
1: yeah I'm not gonna say this is a fraudulent I'm not gonna call them frauds okay but it seems like maybe something may happen this offseason you know Aiden didn't get that super max last season or he didn't get that max extension Mm -hmm. right right um, so they gotta figure out what to do with him is he looking elsewhere chris Paul's getting old Sh- maybe showing maybe showing a little sign of what could come devin Booker just soft as hell again oh. um obviously you have your great young winged wing defenders and three and d guys and mike Kylen and-, and those boys yeah. but um there's questions about what they do this off season I personally think you gotta run it back you gotta Oops. you gotta you gotta sign. Aiden, don't sign and trade him anywhere. I think you sign Aiden and you keep him. I think you keep the core and you run it back. You, you won more
0: than 60 games. Why not? Yeah, and the Suns likely are wanting him to take a discount. DeAndre Ayton does not want to take a discount. He was the number one overall pick. Hasn't played bad, but maybe hasn't played to the standards of a max contract player. Especially as a center, and you look at other centers who are on max contracts. Your Joel Embiid's, your Nikola Jokic's. Is he on that level? Right. No. Offensively, no. Defensively, you could argue that he's there. You could argue, you know, he's a better defender than Jokic, but you can have your argument for Embiid, whatever. But can they afford to lose DeAndre Ayton? Right. I I don't don't think so. I don't think he's... Like
1: great at any like at any one thing, if if you ask me, I don't think he's like super elite at any one thing. He still has room to grow. He's still pretty young. Um, but you're, I think you're right. You can't afford to lose a guy like that when you're when you have a team assembled like this.
0: You have Devin Booker. You have Chris Paul. You have Jay Crowder, Mike Hill. You have all of the right pieces. It's you know maybe you you address the bench a little bit um but it it's tough it's tough to go out like this when you have a season like this because fans are going to want to panic
1: yeah i wouldn't overreact though you got beat by the best player in the series possibly the best player of the playoffs in lucas so um wasn't the year you didn't no. you didn't come to play in game 7 you got to take that uh, as it is and you got to move forward
0: and i don't think there's there's no, like you said, there's no reason to panic, you know. And there's there's praise for what the Mavericks did. The Mavericks came out, they executed, but their effort level is honestly what stood out to me was when there was an offensive rebound bouncing around or about to come down, they were fighting every single time. Oh, yeah. And they were going after a lot. And, <sighs> Listen. The Suns had a great season. They had one last season. They're still a very, very, very good team, and there's still an argument to be made that they're a top three, top two, top one team in the league. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't their year yet again. And so, yeah, you have DeAndre Ayton entering restricted free agency. Any team that offers them a contract, they have the option to match. Uh, There will always be the option of a sign-in trade should they want to gather assets in the case that they are okay with losing him, or they can just flat-out sign him to a max themselves. And so that's going to be a storyline all summer long, and it's going to be quite interesting, especially after what happened. And a moment in the game that really made me realize, oh, he actually could be gone is that you know They were already down a lot, and I believe this was second quarter. I believe. Could be third. But there was a point in time where Monty asked Aiton if he wanted to go back in the game. And the quote was Aiton looked at him and said no. And so, you know, if this is 100% true, which it seems to be because in the post-game presser, when asked about this, Monty just said it's internal. Didn't necessarily elaborate. Is it internal to DeAndre Ayton? Is it internal to the organization? You know, little bit of, you know, not, not giving you fully what's going on there, which makes you think, well, maybe there is something going on there that's bigger right. than what we know.
1: Yep. Just this off-season, Ayton will be the, the
0: storyline, I think. Yeah. Him and uh, Zach Levine. Yeah. Um... All right. Um clearly, you know, there's there's a lot more to talk about in this series, but I think it's time for us to get to the conference finals. What do you think? Let's Any, any last thoughts? Go. No, I'm ready. Let's I'm go. ready to Let's deep dive
1: into these conference finals we're here. Two series left out east. We saw the first game like we said. Mm-hmm. Heat took game 1 against a Al Horford and Marcus Smart less Boston Celtics team at home. Um I wasn't too surprised in um in the lack of of defense prowess that the Celtics usually have. Those are those are two huge pieces for defense. Um but guess what? The Heat won the game off of winning just one quarter, the third quarter.
0: Yeah, and that it was wild because the game was so close. The entire way. You know, Boston wins the first quarter by three. The next quarter, they win by five. So they're up by eight. And then they just score 14 points in the third quarter. Yeah.
1: Tatum Tatum looked so good in the first quarter, getting buckets left and right. First mm-hmm. half, I should say. Jalen was doing his thing as well, getting some nasty Euro steps. Everyone was getting involved, Peyton Pritchard's hitting shots. It looked like they were about to just... Cruise right into a victory game one steal steal one out in Miami, uh, even without their two guys wasn't the case. Um, absolutely shut down, picked apart um, by the heat in the fourth in the third quarter. Tatum had six turnovers in that third quarter.
0: <laughs> seven on the game. Six in that quarter. That's that's wild. That's a crazy stat. And then Jimmy Butler happened. I mean, 41, nine and five, four steals, three blocks. Yeah, 63% from the field, two turnovers, plus 25.
1: Absolutely incredible (laughs) work. Um. I think he might be the best player in this series. Um, Jimmy Butler over Tatum? At least as a playoff performer, he's more proven. Um, they beat them. Like I said, two years ago.
0: In that Eastern Conference Finals, which is awesome, by the way, we're getting a rematch. That is cool, especially like so close in between. Yep, that is cool.
1: And now we're not in a bubble anymore, so we're getting home court advantages. We're getting a more mature East. Uh, we're getting a more mature Celtics team. Definitely. Um, and just I think after seeing that first game, it it secures uh, my thoughts on these two teams a lot. Obviously, they're both great defensive teams. Bring that physicality. Um, every player on the court seems like they can at least hold their own with their matchups, mm-hmm. um, but they're they're pretty different offensively. I think the Heat find ways to get easier buckets. I think that they're they're better in the fast break. They are stronger inside. I feel like they work their way into the paint off drives and then have the ability to then uh, work their way out to their shooters like Struess. Um, Hero is almost on his own time, doing his own pull-up, creating by himself. Mm -hmm. But that's why he's a bench player, sixth man of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Bam is, if you ask me, Bam is the best center in these playoffs by a large margin. Um, Only had 10 last game, but I expect him to be a bigger force moving forward. That Um,
0: block on Brown was incredible, by the way.
1: Yeah, Do you remember was, that one he
0: pinned off the glass oh, and he wedgied it. That was the even crazier part.
1: It was an absolute block party last night. We'll talk about that. Um, but looking at the difference in the Celtics offense, mm-hmm. I think they're more of a a reliant team on on shot making. Worked out great against a soft Brooklyn Nets team. Mm-hmm. Worked right. out great against I wouldn't say great, still struggled, but worked out well against the Bucks team who, you know, crowds that paint. Mm-hmm. Um this heat team isn't going to give you that; these open shots. So it's going to be still still going to be tough to hit these shots. But guess what? Um, the Celtics are when they hit shots, probably the best team in the NBA, um, and their ability to hit shots, contested shots, pull up shots, um, is how they f- find themselves here and what they want to rely on to to go further.
0: Yeah, and so hitting on kind of what was going on. Like you said, and we've said a few times now, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, both out. Derek White started at point guard. Mm. Grant Williams and Rob got the starts at in the front court. And, you know, wh- Rob Williams gave you a very productive game. 18-9, two blocks, three fouls, played 28 minutes. Derek White, 28 minutes, but just couldn't really unlock himself on offense. Um had a few good skip passes but otherwise just he couldn't get himself going and he wasn't he really wasn't finding shots for three but Peyton Pritchard was and you were getting that production out of Rob Williams Tatum Brown doing their thing it's almost a missed opportunity in this game you're you're down those players but you still only lost what by nine? 11 sorry so you lose by eleven down those two players. You know they they, they did not play as bad as people may have thought. You right. Know, you get eighteen from Pritchard and Rob. You you kind of need to win that game. That's a big game yeah. to win. And when you let Jimmy Butler get forty one on twelve of nineteen shots, uh, you're you're not giving your you're not giving yourself a chance to win by not finding ways to slow him down.
1: Right. I think it's your typical tale of two halves. You know, your first half, you're just absolutely lights out. And then they make adjustments, they get more physical, and they dominate you in the third quarter. That's what the Heat do. One of the best third quarter teams I think I've ever seen. Credit to Spo, probably making those adjustments at halftime. What about the Warriors views go? years ago? <sighs> That's a good argument, man. That's <laughs> a little different because the Warriors come out Refreshed, it seems like, and then they're just able to run around and shoot on you. This team yeah, it's seems a like style for sure. It seems like okay, we just know what we got to do, and we just got to turn this into a grindhouse game, um, running fast break. Um, I wouldn't be discouraged if I'm a, if I'm a Celtic.
0: No, not at all. Um, again, missing two key components to your team. I mean you're looking at who had to play instead? Tice plays 19 and a half minutes. Aaron Naismith has he even seen the floor in the playoffs? Which, by the way, shout out his steal in three blocks, uh, pinning people off the glass. That was awesome. Playing with effort. Couldn't hit any shots, but uh, that defensive effort could be important. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we're going to
1: see of him once we, no. once we get our, their, 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 their core back. Uh, but, yeah, he did his part. I mean, he, you got to have guys step up. Like you said, White wasn't there. Like they maybe have wanted him to. But also, Tatum and Brown just sort of fell off in, in the beginning of that second half. So, I think uh, you get hit that hard, um, I don't think you, you let the heat come out and dominate you like that again, this whole series in the third quarter. You sort of got to know, alright, the toughest quarter we're going to have is that third quarter. Mm-hmm. So, we can't have a scoreless Jason Tatum with six turnovers again. Um and for that reason, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I think this will be a long series. I think this is going to yeah, go to six one, or seven. this
0: one's going to go far. That's for sure. I mean, I, I think both series will go far, but uh, as for other things, just kind of about this series, um, you look at the Heat starting five, Struess, Tucker, Vincent, Adebayo, Butler, no weak link defensively necessarily. I mean, maybe Struess is your weakest link there. Maybe. He's got a little bit of size, though. And so. But when you have great off ball players such as Bam, Jimmy, and just, you know, Bam himself is almost a defense. And PJ, you know, if they're not trying to run him off screens, that dude is just an absolute bulldog. You have to go through him. He's not just going to let you beat him. And so. I'm interested to see how much we see each defender on the likes of Tatum, or if it's just a if it's 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 a committee thing, or if it's just you know switch and stay up front, keep everything, make them jump shooters, make them beat us with these tough jumpers that they like to take. Yeah, and you know when looking at the Boston team, how many guys do you see that are. You know, slashers, attacking, you know. Tatum's kind of more of a jump shooting guy. Brown at times can fall victim to that as well, where it's a lot of threes, it's a lot of jump shots. And so, but he's so strong yeah. and athletic, you want to see him going in because Grant Williams, as well as he played last series, it's going to be mostly catch and shoot shots from the corner. And or maybe a catch and attack a bad closeout.
1: Yeah, I can almost promise you we're not going to see another Grant Williams game like that. He's just going to fall back into his typical role of nine points, hitting these open threes.
0: But playing really good defense. He's still an important Always, part.
1: Yeah, he's been doing it since Tennessee days. Man, I, I liked watching him in the tournament. Physical guy. You can throw him on some of their the other team's best players as well. Um, but yeah, I think you you pointed out strengths and weaknesses for each team i think boston's strength is one their defense and two their shot making um the heat i think their strength i think is the versatility of their defense in bam and bam and how active he is you can put pj tucker on Jason tatum you mm-hmm. know you have different guys to throw to throw at them but then also the backside of their defense is so active so they get so many steals. We saw it in the third quarter of last game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it seems like these strengths
0: are almost colliding, which is going to be so fun to watch. Yeah, and and let's keep in mind, this is going to be a series where your defense is needs to be there every night. You let up, and Miami's dropping 118, 120 on you. And vice versa, you know, you let the Celtics get their shots, you let them get into their flow, next thing you know, they're scoring a hundred, you know. So, it's going to be about being consistent on defense, and then finding ways to open up your offense enough to just take this game, take that game, win your home games. Uh, The Celtics losing the first one, obviously you're not in panic mode, but... Now you're down, and you potentially might not have some of your players back for the next game, so you need to find something to put some pressure on this Miami team. You need to find something to attack there.
1: Yeah. I think uh, let's get into sort of the two teams. What do they have to do to win? What are, what are mm-hmm. the routes for both sides? I'll start with the Heat. Okay. Um, I sort of brought it up, their ability to work the ball inside out, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jimmy, led by Jimmy, especially in the second half. His ability to get in, get to the paint. People fail to realize. He he gets to the line. It's very similar to James Harden. He had 18 free throws. Um, I don't know. Maybe people... He's not necessarily hunting them. He's just really good at drawing contact. He's
0: super strong, too. So it's like if you want to stop him, you need to play physical, and that naturally leads to more fouls.
1: Yeah, and that is that's how you control a game you mm-hmm. get points with the shot stop where the clock stops so um their ability to work the ball inside out um and then also just fighting through celtics runs the celtics are gonna go on big runs staying consistent saying staying composed making sure you know we're never out of it we just have to you know let's just ride this wave let them let them get their runs we're gonna just know that we're gonna come back
0: yeah and uh One thing for Boston that stood out to me in that game one was a little bit of free throw problems. Uh, Jalen Brown, I believe, missed four of them. Tatum missed two. Williams and White missed one. They go 75% on 32 attempts, where the Heat go 88% on 34 attempts. Right. You need to take advantage of those points, especially... In a series like this where there's so much physical defense, you have to get points and just you have to take advantage when you can. When right. They're
1: there. On top of that, on top of it, making free throws and getting those free throw attempts, what do you think
0: is the best route for the Celtics to go ahead and, and win this series? So for the Celtics, um, my first point is going to be health. I hate to keep hitting on this, but health. Um, but now to go away from that, since we do keep mentioning that, uh, you got to find your shooters open. Um, you got the good shooting game from Pritchard. He got 11 of those bad boys up, but nobody else besides Brown and Tatum got him up. And so you need to keep the Miami defense scrambling, keep moving the ball. And this was a problem in the early portion of the regular season for the Celtics was the ball didn't move. The ball hits someone's hands, they're attempting to read the defense, but really they're just letting them set and rest. And then now you're attacking a completely set defense with a shortened shot clock. It's only becoming more difficult for right. yourself.
1: Yep. Um, what I'll add to that as well is just their ability to compete after halftime. You're going to get punched in the mouth with physicality. Um, and I think it goes hand-in-hand with what you said. You gotta, you can't settle, especially in the second half, when mm. everyone's tired uh, don't look at the ball. Keep the ball moving. Find your shot makers because if you make shots, you are the best team in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Um, now, I don't know if I agree with that take so much. But, like, the idea <laughs> of it's there. The idea of it's there is that, you know, when you have a team this talented, you have the guys that can make the shots. You just you got to get them open. You got to find them. Or, you know, like, like in the first half, Jason Tatum, it seemed like he's getting to the rim with ease. And then... He would get to the rim, finish a layup, and then the next time he drove, he's kicking it out. And it's like, so you keep them guessing like that, and you you keep attacking in different ways. They're going to have to keep adjusting to you to the point where they have to make a major change. And then that's when you're like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. But it's going to be a lot of back and forth. The Heat aren't going to lay down. The Celtics aren't going to lay down. And so I'm truly not imagining a lot of blowouts in this series. Okay, yeah. And, you know, when you get to the conference finals, that tends to happen. You know, you know everybody's fighting for their lives out there. You know, teams are going to be injury-riddled. You've got to find ways to win. And uh, coaching is going to be one of the bigger aspects of this series and probably was a big part of why Miami was able to do so well in the second half is you have such an experienced coach, you know, Been there, done that, won that. Now it's time to do it again. And Spo has proven time and time again, he has answers for a lot of different teams and a lot of different players. And so we're going to see them throw the whole playbook at this Boston team because Jason Tatum's an absolute problem.
1: Yeah, Spo was just, when I watched an interview, he was just absolutely so respectful towards the superstars of the Celtics. Oh, yeah. Um, He knows how good they are, and... (laughs) yeah <laughs> like i said he's not gonna take them for a couple schmucks he's gonna do everything he can to stop them so let's get into predictions dude now that we're here mm-hmm. we talked i think we've broken down this series enough um i love the physicality of both teams um but not necessarily because of game one um i don't know i i like the the idea of being able to get easier buckets mm-hmm um, and for that reason, I'm going to pick the Miami Heat to win this series. Um, and because they were the one seed, they get home court advantage. Right. And I do think the series is going to go uh, pretty far. I'm going to pick them to win in seven at home.
0: Okay. Miami in seven. So it's almost a tough one because Boston's going to respond – I'm just curious to how. Um, you know, before the injury news came out, I had Boston and seven, post-injury news, and now post-game one, which is a little unfair. I get it. But our show, our rules. Um, We do what we want in here, man. I think I'm going to claim... Miami, Miami winning in seven. I don't don't like to go similar to you, but again, the Boston team's not going to lay down. Yeah. And Jason Tatum's going to have his game. Jalen Brown's going to have a game. Now it's going to be about who can we open up for another game, and can we do this at the same time? It's... It's going to be interesting to watch, and the Heat have their offensive struggles, and so I don't think that it's just a clear path to the finals.
1: Yeah, I think they'll struggle offensively on the road, especially, yeah. um, so they'll have to rely on, on their, their grittiness and their game plan and the the activeness of, of Bam Adebayo, but mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, I mean, we can't – we're either going to – I think this is the first time we chose the exact same. I think it is, too. Um, So we're either going to go down crashing um, or we're going to be successful and we're going to do it together, buddy. At least we got each other. (laughs) We're family over here in recon sports, okay? Now, let's let's move on. Let's move on to the Western Conference Finals now. So Luka Doncic, Luka Magic has carried this team to play the Dynasty Warriors – um, the Warriors, this is surprising. This is the 3 4 matchup in the conference
0: finals, which is really cool to see. Yes. Um, it is cool to see that actually, and kind of a slightly interesting. The final teams are Heat seeded one. You have, I think it's one, two, three, four. Am I Yeah. yeah. Celtics two, uh, Warriors three, the, uh, Mavericks four. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But, um, To see the Mavericks here is awesome. I mean, you love to see new teams, like we said earlier, but also this team, you know? It's Luka and friends. It's it's Spencer Dinwiddie. It's Jalen Brunson. It's, like, these guys who, if they're on another team, if Dorian Finney-Smith is on another team... Does he look as good as he does on this team? If mm-hmm. you put Dwight Powell yeah. on another team, does he look this good? Probably not. And he's right. not even looking super great in this in this playoff run so far, but he's still an important piece. Yeah, I think,
1: dude, looking at this roster, um, we were sort of skeptical about, you know, how far can Luka go without a second superstar? Naturally. Naturally. And we're waiting for that. You know, we're expecting maybe this offseason they add a second guy to go with them. Um But listen, man. I would go on record right now to say the way that Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie are playing, especially this past series um and of course the the greatness that we're experiencing from Luca at age twenty three mm-hmm. I think at their best they are a better they have better guard play than the Warriors at this very moment and this is we're talking about a Steph Curry Clay Thompson Splash brother backcourt
0: so let's let that one sink in for a few.
1: It's sunk in. It's sunk in deep into my soul now. I think maybe if you're looking at the rest of the roster, you might you know be in favor of a, a Draymond Green uh, on the, uh, you know creating offense and, and being the defensive uh, stronghold that he is. But I truly think with Luka Doncic, being able to score on anybody and everybody at any time, you could be small, it could be a mouse in the house situation, you could be big and think, okay, I'm getting by this guy and threaten you with my step back. Um, it's too easy for him right now, and then with the two playmaking guards alongside him that they've needed for so long, it's just it just looks great. It looks great. You don't even need an elite center anymore. You just need a rim runner and Dwight Powell, a shooter and Kle- Kleber. I would argue that guard play is similar, if not
0: better, in Dallas. I am in awe. <laughs> so, all right, I have to address this. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole. Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. That's right.
1: I think Luka is easily the best player in this in this series. Better than Steph. Steph is still taking a slight back seat to, you know, what he's done in previous years. He's taken a back step a tad bit, and he can't create the mismatches that Luka can create.
0: Now, there's, there's the point where I think you have that true argument. And while I, I, do, I do agree, at this point in time, Luka Doncic, to me, is a better player than Steph Curry. He's got the positional size. He's got the handles. He's got the passing. He's got the shooting. He's got the driving. We saw the game where the, the uh, Suns targeted him. like the entire game the entire second half we saw what happened there but then it wasn't able to be replicated and so now in this point in time i haven't gone back to watch the series enough to be able to say that was that a jason kidd adjustment was that a warrior's lack of attention or did luca just step up um but it's, it's, you know, it's interesting because that was a huge moment in that series. Right. And then it was just a non-factor the rest of the way. Like, they the Mavericks just got the job done. Yeah. Um, Luka Doncic, in the last regular season series, the Mavericks went 3-1 and one against the Warriors in the regular season this season. Luka Doncic put up 41-10-9. So, let's just kind of, like, sit back here for a second Michael Bridges struggled against yeah, defensive player of the year top 3 struggled against Luca. Now, everybody's going to struggle against Luca. I'm not saying that as a knock to Michael. He's one of if not the best perimeter defender in the league. So Andrew Wiggins likely is looking to be the spending the most time on Luca. Um, obviously, they'll do things to get him switched off. He's not going to be on him the whole game. Uh, you have to throw committee at Luka. There's no chance anybody can guard him for seven games. Right. And so you, you'll you see a mix of pr- maybe Andrew Wiggins starting on him. Maybe Clay gets some time on him. I don't know about that matchup. Maybe Kaminga gets on him. Definitely don't know about that matchup. Or you have Draymond switch on to him if they try to use the big to set a screen. I'm imagining it's going to be a lot of guard screens where Jalen Brunson comes over to set it or you have Bullock set it, flare off. Oh, I like that, yeah. And so that that's a good way to keep, one, keep Draymond away because that's, you know, unless you're that confident that Luka can cook that man or can just cook the coverage, you probably want to keep Draymond out of there. You know, being the best defensive player on that team, you, you don't want to be going at him the entire time. And so the Warriors do have some weak links. You know, Jordan Poole can get hunted. And so when he's on there, if he's not providing you shot making or shot creation, um, it's going to be difficult to be playing him super heavy minutes in this series because, you know... Yeah. While I may not agree that the Mavericks have better guard play, the guard play is a significant strength of theirs. No doubt.
1: No doubt. I mean... Kerr, this will be a big minutes game, minutes series for Kerr. I think he has to strategically choose who to put in, how much, and when um, because this is Luca's just going to pick you apart mismatch-wise. I think he's going to see who's on the court, find a way to get what he wants, um, manipulate your defense, so, it's yeah, like you said, if Jordan Poole's not providing what you want from him on the offensive side, you might want to consider... What you need, almost. Right. Oh, you're going to need everything from him. Uh, but you might want to consider, you know, who's on the bench. I know Iggy didn't play much last last series, mm-hmm. um, but you
0: have him as a resource. And and I do think he's going to be out tonight and potentially Game 2, but has the possibility of coming back, I believe, at earliest Game 3 or 4.
1: Yeah. Um. You can, you can always throw your smallest guy on Jalen Brunson, I guess. Um, but like you said, that those guard picks might happen. It's just going to be very, very, very hard to, to stop the best player uh, in this series, Luka Doncic.
0: Yeah. And the Warriors, they had a good regular season defense. They did, yeah. And Mike Brown was a huge part of that as their, you know, kind of their defensive coordinator is what he, you know, has been kind of talked about. And... A big reason why he's going to get that King's job. So, what he is going to be able to cook up for Luca is going to be fun to watch. What Jason Kidd cooks up for Curry is going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. But Curry is, you know, he's going to have to go bar for bar with Luca here. Like, this yeah. is going to have to be a battle or, you know, or you need Clay as your release valve. Because yeah.
1: I'm excited to see Steph become Steph again. He's got to step into that role. He can't take that back seat to uh, Kevin Durant. You don't have a guy to just rise up above everyone. Draymond never was able to really score that much, but Mm -mm. especially
0: now. Yeah, it seems for some reason he just does not look to score, and you're going to need something out of him. You cannot have bagels. And I've
1: always been a a believer in Steph's ability to drive and playmake as well. He's a great finisher at the rim. I love his... His high off the glass uh, layups before the center is able to to slide over.
0: He's got some of the slickest reverses in the league.
1: He's here. still able to do that, guys. Um, and this Mavs defense isn't necessarily phenomenal. They've obviously had great games here and there, but as a group, as a whole, as a collective, I don't think this is. This might be the worst defense left in the playoffs. Out of the, out of the, out of the, other, the four, I it's think. It's either
0: between them or the Warriors, you know, because this is like almost the flip side of the Eastern Conference right. where it's like an offensive series. Yeah. But the Mavericks have shown they can be really good on defense too because, I mean, you just think about some of the personnel and the height Yeah. outside of Brunson. DS, DFS, Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, what, 6'7", Luca like 6'7", 6'8". Yeah. Clever, 6'10", 6'11". Right. You have, uh, I mean, Brunson is their, their kind of shifty, kind of... He He's going to be the one doing the herky-jerky stuff on offense and yeah. potentially, you know, following people off screens. Maybe yeah. that's how you utilize him on defense. But uh, they have the guys to defend. They have positional size yeah. at a lot of their positions.
1: Building off of that, obviously, we know what Luka can do, and he's going to have to be Luka, and you're going to need to get that guard play to match the Warriors. But I think... A key to victory right now to mm-hmm. win the series for the Mavs is their active bigs. I think they're going to need active bigs on the backside. You need Dwight Powell as a rim runner, being able to step in and hit sh- and get defensive stops when when you have that penetration from a Wiggins, even a Steph. You know, um, you need to show your length at all times. You need to make switches off ball because you know how the Warriors like to move their yeah, their for off sure. ball offense. For sure. And then Maxi Kleber as well. He's a shot blocker, guys. Don't get it twisted. He can step up and, and, and defend shots, and then he'll spread you out uh, offensively with hitting threes. But I think a key to victory is having those two guys, though you maybe don't even think about them. Uh, they fit so well with Luka on the court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, their five-out offense is going to give the Warriors problems. You know, you space them out, we'll see what happens. Um, For the Warriors... There's a few ways they can win this, you know. If they want, if they can, you can go classic Warriors Supernova and just have your explosions in the third or fourth quarter where it's just Curry's just unbelievably lights out hot from shooting, and then that transfer is over to Clay. <coughs> you get a game that way. Okay, um, you're gonna need someone like a Draymond or a Wiggins or. Anybody else, you know, not considering pool quite yet, but you need somebody else outside of those top three scorers to have a 15, 18, 20-point game. You know, this Mavericks team is going to score the ball. They're going to get shots up. they love to kick out the three. So they're going to have a lot of three-shot and probably still will the Warriors. And they're going to need pool, like we said earlier. He's going to need to be able to provide. And if he's off, this series just became exponentially more difficult. And the Warriors don't have the size. They never have, really. And that's going to be an issue when the Mavs keep doing these driving kicks and they get to the paint. It's going to be tough to keep them out of there. For the Warriors to win, one, you know, it's easy to say you got to defend your ass off. You got to keep Luca in check. But you can't concede shots to everybody else. Yeah. Because once you do that, they beat you from three. You can't let Luca get mismatches and just waltz into the paint. He'll beat you that way. So they're going to need to find ways to maybe trap Luca, get the ball out of his hands. And then force somebody else to either iso or Luka get it back late in the shot clock. Yeah. Which he tends to fall into that step back when it gets late in the shot clock. So maybe that's the way you steal a game. And then you're just going to have to keep finding ways to get the ball out of Luka's hands most likely. But that's really hard to do with how talented he is.
1: Right. I mean, Luka's going to get similar numbers, if not better, this series. But my key to victory for them, the Warriors I'm talking about, is closing out on those shooters, because when Luca penetrates and there's help, he does he's able to find Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, Maxie Kleber, um, Reggie Bullock. So you want to not necessarily, I mean they're going to hit some shots, but just closing out well on those guys. Yeah, definitely. You can't just give them free reign to shoot, um, and then you also can't just let them pump fake you out and, and get mid range shots or play make from there.
0: Right. It's got to be solid closeouts. And then, in turn, that is, you know, the key to victory is utilizing those missed threes to get out in the break. Get your open threes. That's where you get Steph, Poole, Clay. They're easy warm-up yes. threes in transition. Yes. Now they're in a rhythm. Now they're in a flow. Now they're confident. Now, that you know... It's- they're hitting their flashy passes. They're doing the thing. They're doing the off-ball cuts, the lobs. Yes. Where it's just constant movement.
1: Right. Get good closeouts to make them shoot bad threes. You're right, and get those long, long rebounds to to send you out on your breaks for sure. I like that. And then, I, and then also finally, I think you touched on it. Andrew Wiggins' consistency. I think mm-hmm. um, that's on both sides of the ball. Th-
0: yep. On both sides, for sure. Uh,
1: you're for gonna sure. need your <laughs> former number one pick in the draft. So. Let's go Cleveland. Uh, Let's, you're going to have to rely on him in ways. I think he's as good as Harrison Barnes was during that era of the Warriors, so they're going to need his consistency and athleticism on both sides, I think. So now we, we've sort of broken it down.
0: Uh, do you want to get into our predictions? Yes, let's get into the predictions. So really fast, the news just broke. The rookie teams came out, so I'm just going to read this off. Obviously, Scotty Barnes, first team, uh, 100 votes. No contest there. Same with Cade Cunningham. Same with Evan Mobley. I could not agree more. Now the last two, Franz Wagner and Jalen Green make first team. And then on second team, we have Chris Duarte, Iota Sumu, Bones Highland, Josh Giddy, and Herb Jones.
1: Um... Not not too terribly surprised. As as an OKC fan, though, I'm pretty disappointed in seeing Giddy on the second team. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a four-time Western Conference Player of the Month. I mean, how many months are in a season? Like five? And he won four of them? I don't know. I think it's just a little... I understand his role on the team was a little, was a little bit greater than the other guys, and the team wasn't as good, but come on, man. Four, four, four Western Conference Player of the Months. Throw him in that first team.
0: For what it's worth, he got 24 first team votes. He had, He's had a better season than Jalen Green. I don't want to hear. I was going to say, who are you putting him over Jalen Green or Yes, Franz?
1: He had a better season than Jalen Green. Jalen Green obviously showed flashes of greatness at the end of the year, like we always expected. But for an entire year, who got those Player of the Months? It wasn't Jalen Green. <laughs> I, I, I'm i sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spaz real quick. <laughs>
0: Oh shit. Alright, alright, alright,
1: alright. <laughs> prediction time. Prediction time. Okay, let's go. I like those live updates. Hey guys, if you if you guys like live updates like that, let us know. We think those are fun. We want to do that more. Um, but back into the, the predictions. Um Luca's doing it, guys. Luca's doing it. In what? This is tough for me because I really think home court is huge. You don't want to go to a game seven. In San Francisco, I'm gonna go Mavs in six.
0: Whoa!
1: I think the guard play is gonna match up just just as well uh, so with the Warriors. One on the road. I think they they could win tonight. Okay. In game one, I think they could steal game one. Luca, I've never seen a more confident, comfortable Luca. Just smiling, having fun. Jalen's Jalen Brunson is playing his ass off, being able to penetrate and create for himself as well. Um. Looking for a contract as well. Yeah. And then Dinwiddie's finally stepped up. There were times previously through the playoffs where we are like, man, is he showing up to the games? I don't know. But he's back. He's here. Yeah, he's and it's,
0: no longer mailing it in.
1: Yeah. And, and it seems like Powell is the perfect rim runner for Luka. Kleber stretches you out. Dorian Finney-Smith can have a game. Just give me a game where he hits, you know, four or five threes. That, that'll just... <sighs> I don't know. I think Naps everything, in everything is gonna fall into place like we predicted. Okay. Um, could happen. And Luca is going to rise to super super stardom at age 23 and knock off Steph Cor- Steph Curry and the Warriors.
0: So I just want to like quantify, qualify actually maybe the better word here. This that's like that's pretty like a groundbreaking kind of like thing to consider here is like this is a very established you know obviously not. This complete version, but a established organization team like the Warriors, right? Mavericks made the playoffs the last few years, finally making their run. Luka's very, very young, still, but the team around him is not. And but he doesn't have those stars, so it, it's it would be miraculous to see this happen, and honestly. While I'm never the biggest fan of crowning someone after a series, this is a big deal. This would be a very, very big deal for Luka and for the Mavs organization going forward, but like, they have a real shot to do it this year. This Warriors team is not unbeatable. However, as fun and as much as I would love for Luka to win, The Warriors offense is very difficult to guard. You know, the off ball movement is not something that a lot of teams do, if really any, especially over the course of time that they do it. You know, that's their system. It's not like a game plan thing. It's not like a, we can do this for this night because we got, you know, we got to beat this. No, this is their brand of basketball and you have to try to stop it. Right.
1: It's a legacy offense, man. You look back on that, you're like, man, no one's ever done anything like this. Yeah, it's
0: very unique. They've done it so well. Man, it's, it's, this is a great series. This, this is going to be a really, really fun series. This game's starting in one minute. I have the Warriors in seven. I love it. I think it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, I said it earlier, both series are going far. And I think I said I had Heat in seven. So uh, I think that's the last for me. I think we're getting two more Game 7s, and then we're going to get an absolute classic of a finals.
1: Awesome. Two Game 7s you predicted. That would be incredible. That, that, would be,
0: that would be great. That would be super fun. Uh, you got to love a Game 7, even if something happens like that Mavs-Suns one. Like, that was still incredible to watch. You know, You don't see things like that. You saw history, and we're going to see it again one yeah. way or
1: another. And best believe I'm seeing it. I'm not missing any games moving forward, guys. We got one game a night. It's incredible. You can put all your energy towards one game. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it. I'm on my couch watching every game. I'm making sure I get my workout in before I eat before. I'm sitting on my couch watching these games. It's just incredible times to be an NBA fan. So much at stake for each team. So much at stake for individual players, for their legacies. I am so hyped for the rest of... the This round and then moving into the the finals, which I agree. It's going to be an absolutely legendary finals.
0: Yeah. So stick with us for all of your playoffs coverage. Uh, Find us on Twitter individually. Find our Twitter at ReconSportsPod as well. We'll post all updates and we'll post all of our links to our shows. We will be back for the finals hopefully the day before maybe in two days before we we'll again we'll let you know on twitter
1: we might have to turn this into an event and the fi- finals extravaganza right
0: maybe we do something special for it uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when the time gets closer to it uh, until then enjoy yourselves enjoy the conference finals and thank you for tuning in we appreciate all of our listeners refer us to a friend if you enjoyed this pod leave us a five-star review if you liked what you heard we will be back with another episode soon again update on our twitters will be there and until then take care and see you next time